Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. When the fucking um, that like force field came up and that little stare down, I was like, "Oh, it's about to go down again." You could almost so good. You could almost hear the the good in the bad, the ugly. Yeah. You know what's funny is I saw the good, the bad, and the ugly recently on TV, and I forgot how over over they overdo that little fucking sound effect (laughs) like every time every time he comes into the shot just real quick i'm like guys stop it (laughs) the thing was is that naturally when clint eastwood walks into any frame that comes up so it's like you know yeah yeah they didn't even add it it was part of it was just like he walks into a room that just that noise comes in you're kind of what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) Like oh shit he's behind me you know <laughs> they had to do they had to do a lot of um, ADR when they did like the Dirty Harry movies because that that music tone kept coming up and they were just like God seriously can you just stop that <laughs> and, yeah and he's like there's nothing I can do it just follows me everywhere hey yeah. I think there's people listening to us. Yeah, but when do we fucking care? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Welcome, everybody, to the Lazy Geeks podcast, our weekly podcast that discusses news in the world of entertainment, gaming, comics, and technology. This is for the week of February 25th, 2018. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. I just noticed that I was – this whole conversation, I'm sipping – Earl Grey tea out of a Star Wars mug. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a Force Awakens mug. Force Awakens mug. (laughs) Oh man! So we are, we're screaming, screaming towards episode three hundred. Yeah, we are. Well, I mean, we're moving at the same pace as we always do, but. Yeah. Why? Why you gotta do that? Now, why you gonna gonna do that, little huh? <laughs> Are we even gonna address <laughs> the fact 
three hundred doesn't even sound like a big number when you count how many years we've been doing it. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like because we went from monthly. We did a m- monthly at one point. That was nice. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Like it's nice doing this. I like this. But I remember when we switched to monthly, I, I felt the ray of the Lord hit me. Because at the time, I was like, ah! We didn't, <laughs> do, this we didn't, we didn't do this show monthly. We did it monthly for a second. Did we? Yeah, for like for like two months. And then you were real quick to be like, we don't do it enough. And then we <laughs> went back to um, – oh, I remember when we did it. It was when I was moving and stuff. Oh, right. When I was yeah. moving back to Arizona and my life was up, upside down. I couldn't – I was like, I, I don't have time. I know the people yearn for my voice. <laughs> it was it was real brief, but we used to do bi-weekly. That was that's been off and on. And then there was a time where we didn't do it at all. We didn't do it at all. <laughs> or spe- specifically, I didn't do it at all. <laughs> and then um, we used to have about seventeen podcasts, <laughs> and now we have three. Um, we have three, right? Yeah, we have three. I have Three four. Podcast. But yeah. No one cares about listen. <laughs> your side projects are not my problem. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um and now we're we we're here with three hundred. And and I can almost guarantee you that the t- the numbering's probably been fucked up eighteen times. We're probably on episode five hundred and seven. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually on episode you know if we if we go through the comic book numbering scheme we're actually on you know we're coming up on an, um, episode 1000 yeah <laughs> we go to comic book numbers it's episode three right they keep fucking restarting everything <laughs> well that's no, like uh, this is the action comics yeah, yeah right this a podcast. Is a podcast yeah well that's like um what was it uh when uh chris hardwick chain you know started um doing the id or basically what the idiot podcast um and um he was like yeah when he did go- he even start doing that uh just recently just the beginning of the month and he started it with episode 930 isn't and he goes that he goes i'm gonna keep the numbering the same he goes because that's a lot of numbers i don't want to start over at number one again <laughs> he goes that was a lot of work to go into like 929 episodes <laughs> isn't um what was i gonna say i don't know Steve, what was I going to say? Um, <laughs> some... Isn't that his new podcast the same exact thing, but he sold the Nerdist name? Well, no. Well, well, it's, yes and no. Uh, the Nerdist podcast was something that um, was because of the company, the Nerdist company. But he actually retained the rights to all the past episodes. So all 929 episodes are his. But the Nerdist name, um, his contract ended at the end of last year. And so he had um, decided to move on. He goes, because he's like, he goes, when he started the Nerdist, it was just him, you know, that's the podcast. And he goes, and now the podcast doesn't even represent close to what the website does. So he figured at this point, you know, it's just kind of time to move on and and do something a little different. And um, I think he's because his methodology is he's going to try to do it through a different medium, but he still has the the main show. But um, yeah. Yeah, because the Nerdist... The Nerdist.com is like a, just a break it's starting to look like IGN. Like yeah. it's looking like a, you know what I it's mean. It's really just that now. It's really yeah, exactly. It's really just like I don't like I, how it looks. All this picture shit. It's very weirdly positioned. I don't. I'm not sure about that. But you know, he sold it to Legendary, who got bought out by another bigger company. 
So he goes, basically, I was a supervisor, <laughs> you know, in there. He goes, yeah. And he goes, and my contract was up, and I didn't even know if they were going to actually, you know, renew me. So I started making plans because they, their CEO stepped down, and they were waiting for a replacement. And then when the CEO came on, he goes, we really like to keep you. And he goes, well, nobody spoke to me. Nobody told me anything. So I kind of made plans on my own to kind of step out. And he was like, oh, you know, you sure? And so he, he did. So he got so now he's yeah he's so but he still owns the rights to all his shows so he can carry over that show so the feed and everything is just is all the same and he goes all it is is just a new name and new artwork and so i mean it's kind of dope though right yeah. like he's like you know what i made my money over here let's make some money over here yeah you know i, I don't know it just sounds cool to me yeah and the, and it, you know the thing is is he goes i he goes because he thought about like not doing the show anymore he goes and then he thought about it he goes he goes and then it was I miss it. I would miss it. So that's why he did it. And that was one of the things that, that I go, I, he goes, I don't know if any of you understand. I'm like, going, yeah, I kind of understand that. Like when you and I take a break, you know, we take like two weeks off or some of it for Christmas. I'm actually kind of ready to come back. Yeah, me too. You know, when it, when it's, when I go, okay, when like I, I'm always, I'm always ready for the break. Like right. I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and then, but then after a little bit, you're like, ah, oh, fuck this dude. Let's like, let's, let's get with it. Right. It's like, oh man, this would be cool if we did the show this week. And then it's like, okay, cool. You know, we're coming back. We can do that. So yeah. So he started doing the idiot in 2015? No, this year. Oh, cause he, yeah, I guess it is the same exact show. Cause it, if you go to the iTunes website for the idiot, Mm-hmm. It goes all the way down like 300 episodes. Yeah. Not right on. I mean, if it's, a, I, I like the Nerdist, but only if they're talking to someone out, I actually give a shit yeah, about. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing for me. Like, you know, it, it's. Ooh, he talked to Natalie Portman. <laughs> I might listen to that one. Sometimes I like their hostful ones when it's just the three of them shooting the shit. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of like that they were talking about, uh, what was that guy? The. Uh, the one, the tall, the tall, thin one. He was like, because he, he, they, they come into that conversation. He goes, yeah, and he goes, and the dude in front of me was like, okay, so I really want this, and he was ordering a sandwich. He's like, but can I get it with this? And and what about this? And is this like you know organic? And he goes, you know, it's those those people that, it's the people that everybody from other states thinks every person in Los Angeles is, but when we don't even encounter those people on a regular basis, but when we do, we look at them as they're, they're also assholes. <laughs> I started laughing. I was like, that's so true. Cause like you look around, you're thinking like, okay, not everybody's like that. Then you get that one dude or that one person that's like, uh, can you like, Oh, fucking hurry up. Just make us shit. look bad. <laughs> well, like I, it's the reason I don't listen to ep- every episode is actually a compliment. So I'll only listen to it and I need, I need to check it out recently because i haven't i haven't really listened to to in a while but um he asked some of the greatest questions and they're super in-depth and and like real detailed and nuanced but if i don't care about the person yeah then they're too it's too much i don't i don't want to know all that shit you know what i mean and it it is and you can see why you know like he'll he'll get certain actors or celebrities back again and again and again you know you know, yeah, because Seth Green's on his third episode here, yeah. and they like it's because they like it, and and from or not Seth Green, Seth Rogen, Seth sorry, R- yeah, and you you hear kind of like, okay, well, you know, it seems like he makes it really cool and really comfortable for them, and they just kind of, you know, open up and and stuff like that. So yeah, that's cool. You know, I like I like when Ron Perlman gets on there because he goes crazy with the politics. Yeah, but he's so funny because he's like he's a tough guy, dude. Like he oh, don't yeah. play. Yeah, he's just like fuck these pieces of shit. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> 
but yeah, so we're we're running down to episode 300. We're 10 episodes away. Uh, we're already planning to do something kind of fun, a little outside of what we normally do. Kind of yes and no. <laughs> it's kind of like something we normally do, but at the same time, no, it's not something we normally do. Um, so that's going to be fun. Um, we'd, I'd also like to to reach out to all any to you know you six listeners out there, actually four if you take out Adam and me. Um, you know, I don't listen to this shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, send us emails, send us messages, send us something for our three hundred because I'd really like to read some of your guys's you know emails, responses, you know comments, whatever. If you also, I also set up a Google voicemail. Uh. If you guys even want to call and leave a voicemail, I'll play it on the show. I'm going to do it. I'm going to call and be like, hey. <laughs> You're like, huh. what are you guys wearing? <laughs> I'm going to give you that dick. dick. <laughs> I'm going to give you that dick. I'll get high every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, the, the voicemail number is 818-495-5637. And so, you know. You want to call, tell us something, pitch us something, just whatever you guys want to do for episode 300. That'd be cool. So, because I'd really like to to have some of those on there. And, you know, maybe I'll get some little blurbs from some of our, you know, past people that have uh, been on the show. So, uh, but speaking of that, um, also want to thank Patrick uh, for filling in last week while Adam was on assignment. Yeah, on uh, assignment in uh, Bangladesh. That's where I was. <laughs> Getting that D wet. <laughs> <laughs> Not over there. Catching diseases. <laughs> Fuck out of here with that. No, I actually, I did listen. Um, I listened to the first half of that episode <laughs> while I was walking up to my children's school for parent-teacher conferences. Um, they frowned with me having that on. <laughs> when I got there, my wife was there, and she's like, are you going to listen to that the whole time? I said, yeah, it's more important. And she didn't like that. Right. Um, but, yeah, it sounded great. Um there was there was a little bit of shit talking, <laughs> a little bit, you know. Of course, why not? But there was also some praise getting thrown, which I which I appreciated, uh, especially from someone as talented as Patrick to hear that he was nervous about the big shoes he had to fill. I don't care if it was fake for my benefit or not; it felt good. <laughs> so, um, wasn't I the one? Like, well, he's we're size twelve. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing though, and I can't. Um, oh, you said size fourteen. Oh, and size you 14. were closer to the mark with that one. Um, I can't shake the fact that Patrick has a sexy radio voice. Doesn't you he? Doesn't he? I was I was half hard the whole. <laughs> now, full disclosure, I'm full hard when I listen to myself. Right. But I was listening. I'm like, damn, this motherfucker. Like, I could listen to this dude. You know what I mean? I started getting nervous for my job. I was like, well, what the fuck? You know. My job here, not my pain job. <laughs> right, um, not his actual actual job. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was pretty cool. I think you guys and and you guys have a um, you guys have a different vibe because you both are are more closer. I think in how you speak because you're both from pretty much the same place, so it has this ebb and flow yeah. of like back and forth. It and, was kind of cool too because like when we talked because one of the topics i picked from was um the muse the, the person that was uh doing the song for kingdom hearts and then like patrick was like oh yeah, oh, I, I, yeah it, it, and then he just kind of 
went off on like the history of it. I was like, okay, that was kind of cool. You know, <laughs> it was like, you know, trying to pick to his strengths. Yeah, I was learning bit. some shit. I was like, hey, wait, for real? Like, <laughs> I didn't know any of that. <laughs> so, but yeah, so it was it was really cool. Patrick filling in, and like I said, you know, you can listen you can listen to him and me every week on um, the Extended Play Movie Podcast. Uh, we got the King speech coming up this week. And, oh, not the King speech. No, I'm sorry. We did that already. Uh, the Godfather. Exact the cock tease. <laughs> we already did that. That was the second episode. Uh, we have the um, we have the Godfather this week. So, of course, dude. <laughs> Godfather uh, one and two, skipping three. Right. <laughs> well, as Patrick and I said, it's only the it's only the God the two Godfather movies. You know? <laughs> it really is because the third one isn't based on the book. Right. There is no third book. <laughs> <laughs> they were just there's there's a third money grab, right. but there was the, <laughs> that third movie made no sense, dude. Yeah. Uh, so sad too. They even sell it that way. Like you can buy just one and two in a box set. I'm like, that's fucked up. <laughs> like they were like, listen, listen we know we ain't even we... gonna, we don't fucks with the third one. Okay, you can buy that at, at, if you want. Right. But this box set got one and two. You I know, remember if, you, if you're breath. one of those anal people, you need one, two, and three. Okay, but if if you really know what's up, you just my need uncle, the one and two. My uncle had the VHS box set. Those things were big too. Big ass box. It took up like the whole shelf. Four tapes were in there. Yeah, because I think like each movie is two tapes. Like it splits yep. in the middle or something like that. Yeah. Four tapes. That's it. It said Godfather <laughs> One and Godfather Two. It is a about three. That's and like, asked, that's like you... the uh that's like the Lord of the Rings extended edition. You know, on Blu-ray, it's like six discs. <laughs> oh, it's no joke, right? Um, but yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> oh, and speaking of real quick, I'm going to say this. Lord of the Rings, uh, that reminds me of something that's pissing me off. Um, how Netflix going to get the Fellowship of the Ring but not the other two? <laughs> right. What the fuck? <laughs> that's fucked up. Well, that's like the Godfather. They have the Godfather, but they don't have the Godfather 2. It's like, what is Netflix becoming the free trial of movies? <laughs> like, <laughs> you watch the first one, damn, that was dope, and let me catch the second. If oh, you want If you want to see uh, the two towers, sign up for our Patreon. <laughs> Maybe this whole Netflix streaming thing has just been a ploy to get people to sign up for their Netflix um, Blu-ray delivery service, which they are kicking back up. Because <laughs> the thing straight up told me is like because I searched for the two towers, all right, and it said uh, you can add this to your DVD queue because we actually have the male one. Oh, you still? Do? I don't know. I think it comes with because we have the highest tier, huh. so it comes with it. And we have two Netflix discs that are just sitting in a closet. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm tempted to fucking be like, all right. But if it's two discs, does that count as one movie? I, oh, wow. Well. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, that depends. They'll probably just give you the theatrical version, which will fit on one disc. It's the extended one that splits up into two. I need the extended one in my life. You understand? Yeah. I, I don't. I don't have time. It's actually funny because I can watch those in like two sittings, but it's funny because like I'll watch the first one and then right when I'm kind of like, uh, and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, end of disc one. You're like, okay, that's good. I can pick up the next one tomorrow because <laughs> those things are no fucking joke, dude. Straight up, dude. Yeah. You, you got to stretch before you start watching that. One thing that you don't know is that Elon Musk actually put that in the Tesla, the the extended edition. So, you know. Yeah, if it that's comes why back. they had to use the big rocket. Exactly, because because otherwise that disc that disc that's going to bring it right back to Earth. 
you know, right. mass and gravity and stuff like that. That's what we should be sending up there, some dope shit. So if aliens run into the thing, Dad, this movie fucking goes hard. <laughs> Balls deep in this one. Like we need to we need to see what's up on this planet. <laughs> was it a- hey, we just come for the DVD sets, bro. <laughs> we'll be on our way. Was it like in uh last podcast on the left? Yeah, this guy went ball- dick and balls deep. And like I was like, damn. That's Look, you gotta be careful when you go dick and balls deep. I'm being real. Yeah, like that that's that's the recipe for disaster. I'm just that's how you fuck up and get married. I'm just saying. <laughs> and we're here to prevent that from happening. So, well, from my mistakes. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our main story this week will be about uh, blaming games and movies for violence in our culture. But before we get into that nonsensical bullshit, um, I think it's time we uh, jump into some headlines. <laughs> oh shit! I hit the mic. What up? <laughs> see, see, everybody, everybody got real comfortable when Pat was on here, super professional shit. Now I'm hitting mics, right? <laughs> fucking sniffling and shit. Well, I mean, I only, <laughs> I only ended up with Patrick because the chimpanzee with the lollipop was asking for a little too much. So I was like, he was kicking it with me on assignment. What you talking about? <laughs> Uh, so Joss Whedon's tenure with DC Entertainment has come to an end at nearly a year after he was at, after it was announced that he would write direct the Batgirl movie right on the heels of taking over Justice League from Zack Snyder. Whedon has left the project. Quote, Batgirl is such an exciting project and Warner Warners slash DC such collaborative and supportive partners that it took me months to realize I didn't have a story. Whedon on Thursday told a Hollywood reporter in a statement referring to DC president Jeff Johns and Warner Brothers Warner Brothers picture group president. They really need to work on that. Picture group president. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. to- Toby Emmerich added, I'm grateful to Jeff and Toby and everyone who was so welcoming when I arrived and so understanding when I, um, what's a sexier word for failed? It was huh. in, it was interesting since the day before Whedon stepped down, a report came out that he was returning to co-write the comic series Buffy the Vampire Slayer season twelve, The Reckoning. After his bad experience with Marvel, it looks like he's going back to the well. I think I got to give him credit for keeping it real, though. Yeah. Like I said, listen, I didn't have a story. Yeah. Like I, he could have very easily been like, oh, you know, <laughs> these are complicated things, and blah 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 blah. Right. You know, no one wants to hear that bullshit. They want to hear what really went down. Yeah. So, but that yeah. sucks, though. Yeah, it was. It's one of those, and you know, you have some people like, well, maybe it's good because now you know we have, um, you know, uh, uh, some women can take over and direct. It's like, you know, people need to remember Joss Whedon wrote Buffy, like he created Buffy. He created a pretty strong female lead. So you know, it's like, and then he also is the one that kind of gave you know Black Widow that edge that she yeah. needed in 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 the Avengers. So. You know, um, you know, you can be quick to dismiss him, but you also got to give him some credit there. But, yeah, I'd rather him take off because he's like, you know what? I ain't got shit. I got nothing. I got nothing. I would never dismiss Josh Whedon. He's too pimp. The shit. I remember watching Buffy when I was young. Mm. I was a preteen falling in love with my television screen. <laughs> that was the first picture of a girl I ever printed was Sarah Michelle Gellar. <laughs> and it was that one where she's. She's fully clothed. You know, she's a classy lady. And shes it's a promotional image for the show. And she's squatting down and she's holding the stake. 
Oh, and she right. looks like she's creeping. Everyone's seen that picture. <laughs> Bruh, I downloaded that shit on dial-up, motherfucker. <laughs> it took about it 15 minutes. <laughs> it took about 15 hours. Like <laughs> <laughs> I printed that shit, put it up on my wall. I felt like I went on an adventure just to print that shit. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. So let's talk about a show that I really want to see, <laughs> but I haven't gotten around to. I've read the book, so very good. Um, the Sci-Fi Channel has given us our first look at the next season of The Expanse and let, a, and let us know when we'll be able to check out what the crew of the spaceship Reconnent yeah, okay. is up to next, <laughs> April 11th. Based on the novels by James S.A. Corey, The Expanse is a science fiction show set in a populated solar system roughly a century in the future in which the destruction of an ice mining ship nearly triggered a war all to cover up the existence of an alien substance known as the proto-molecule. I don't know why I said it like that, but it's proto-molecule. <laughs> the second season finished adapting the first novel and began tackling the story of the second novel in the series, uh, Galibun's War, in which the solar system is pushed further towards all-out war. Oh, cool. So each book is a season. That, that works for me. Because I bought the fucking three-book – like. I buy trilogies a lot in a single book volume. Like I actually have one that I need to read. Um, that's a uh, fucking Legends of Drist, Dungeons and Dragons thing, uh, story. <laughs> and um, I love them, but they're huge. Like carrying that shit around in your bag, you'd be like, "Oh, my, my spine." But uh, it's <laughs> that's worth when it you sometime. that's when you sit in the chair next to a window with a lamp with your pipe, and you just flick the paper pages you know as you go i wish it was hardbound but it's not um this brief teaser hints oh shit you ever read something and then your eyes just go huh uh (laughs) this brief brief his eyes his eyes went the fuck i literally like floated (laughs) off the screen i'm like what the fuck um the edibles are kicking in i guess um this brief teaser hints at what to expect in the coming season and an unseen narrator says that everyone makes mistakes and that each of us has regrets demons a past that haunt us and that's that it's time to decide whether or not those mistakes will inform our future decisions the line follows up the events of last season's finale uh in those two episodes the the crew of the reconnaissance were forced to confront some of their problems, namely Naomi Nagata handing over their sample of the alien substance to the leader of a political faction, betraying the trust of her friends. The narrator goes on to say that they'll not only have to face their enemies, but themselves as well, as everyone in the system vies for control of the proto-monocule. The show's show's third season is poised to finish out adapting um, Caliban's War, and is expected to begin adapting the third novel, uh, Abaddon's Gate. The show is also picking up a couple of notable actors for the third season. Uh, David um, Straitharm from oh, Good David Night. And, yeah. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Sorry, Straithan. Uh From Good Night and Good Luck like and Alphas. Um, and Elizabeth Mitchell from Lost, V, and Once Upon a Time. So Three shows I never watched. <laughs> Um, Lost I watched for a little bit, but we had a, I think this was like the like early, early podcast. We had this long discussion of how I hate shows that every single episode is a cliffhanger. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, think- I, I, I get annoyed. Like, I'm just like, uh, fuck this. And I just stopped watching it. 
Um, let me. <laughs> the whole purpose for the cliffhangers is to bring you back next week, and that's does, the one that gets the rid exact of them. Exact opposite. <laughs> I just get annoyed. I'm like, can you tell a fucking story, please? Mm-hmm. Like, stop. Help a brother out. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Those shows I'll I'll watch. Um, I'll binge watch. I'm trying to look up a picture of Michelle Elizabeth Michelle. I do not recognize her, but she seems cool. Seems cool, bro. It seems cool, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, in his keynote at the Game Industries Dice Convention last week, Xbox Chief Phil Spencer called on game companies to embrace inclusivity and to fix toxic biases that make women and minorities feel unwelcome, both working at game companies and interacting in gaming's online spaces. Quote, In order for us to do our best work, we need our work environment to work well, Spencer said. If that is broken, everything stumbles. We need to reboot, he said, speaking of of the botched launch of Xbox One as well as Microsoft's culture in general. Morale was low. We kept missing big trends, infighting, fiefdoms were were so famous people made fun of it. It would have been funny if it wasn't so true. So we hit refresh on everything, a comprehensive rethinking and rebuilding of our culture. It is incredibly slow and painful to get everyone on board and to admit their own biases. It's about making a commitment to keep listening and learning. We must keep at this transformation because we know it enables our best work. That means all genders, all abilities, all ethnicities, and all geographies. That is our quest. That's going to definitely set off those racist gamers. Uh, we, When we make mistakes, it's easy way to retreat or even maybe deny there's a problem, he said. I think we have to be active learners, educate ourselves, read, understand other people's views. We, If we are informed, we can lead with purpose. We must listen first instead of jumping in with supposed answers. We need to ask the quietest person in the room what they're thinking. And he noted that game companies must fix their own internal habits and more effectively police the online spaces they create. Toxic behavior doesn't just hurt the individual, it hurts our entire industry, he said. We have to ask ourselves, am I building a world where all of us can thrive and achieve more? Culture can be a tool that enables us to realize the true potential and the power of gaming. The time to get our culture right is right now. It's our increasing responsibility to make gaming for everyone. Representation isn't just good common sense, it's good business sense. I don't <laughs> I feel like we just constantly have this conversation, but um toxic gamers are always been a problem. And and the the issue really is it's not toxic games, it's just toxic people. There's yeah. just people that are this way. It's never not gonna be an issue. Well, the the only real way to combat it is to make it real strict and they just get kicked off. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you have that issue with a lot of well I think you and I talked about well, we were um, we were talking about um, oh Twitch and Amazon and, and and YouTube and I think the problem that you have is you know and the benefit of Twitch versus YouTube is when you don't when you don't have hands on the reins it's hard to pull everything back as opposed to being really strict up front right and then just kind of slowly loosening them to a point to where everybody's comfortable and I think with gaming culture because of the fact that you have a troll society now where because oh i'm hiding behind a you know a, a username or what have you i can say whatever the hell i want without you know repercussion 
And I, I think that's just that's why don't we just make it mandatory that if you sign up, you log into a Facebook for, account. <laughs> if yeah, seriously, that your Facebook, no, some kind of so- social network. Yeah. It might be a little weird if it's with children, but for people who aren't children, that the link to your your official Facebook account has to be put up. Yeah. And see how quick people will fucking clean their act up. <laughs> Yeah, because you have people. Yeah, because then it's gonna be well. I'm not gonna use my face. Why? Because you don't want people to know who you are. So when you act like a douchebag, you know they can't. And honestly, come after you, the biggest, the biggest pussy that you can be is when you talk shit behind a veil. Mm-hmm. And no, and the re- the biggest reason why they don't want anyone to know is because everyone will point and laugh at them. Yeah. Like, oh, you're such a bitch. Like, I'll I'll call someone a fucking bitch. To their face. <laughs> All right. I don't have an issue with that. But the, the thing is, is that in real life, you see people acting the fool. You're not going to tell them every time. Right. You're just going to go about your business. But it's just so funny to me. It's it's kids that didn't get enough hugs. <laughs> right. Hug your kids. Or, okay. or it's just, you know, it's kids that, you know, get away with anything. No, my kid doesn't do anything bad. My kid is not. My kid's a saint. You know, and then they're like, fuck, I can act like an asshole and, you know, my parents won't do shit. They'll right. yell for me, you know. It's just stupid. Like, I'm trying, I have a point and I can't remember what it is. <laughs> Forget it. It's just, I, we talk about this shit all the time, don't we? Like, um, the fucking uh, toxic gamers. What do you think is worse? Is Do you think it's worse on Sony or on... Uh, on uh, Microsoft, I probably have to say it's probably Microsoft. Probably right. Yeah. More of the younger people. Yeah. Are on Xbox Live. Yeah, when you <sighs> get into Sony, it's it's more of like, look, I just want to play my games. Right. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Right. I, just, <laughs> I got I, my shift starts in thirty minutes. Like right. That kind of shit. Exactly. Because they have the more so, expensive stuff, so it's the you know obviously the older the older crowd that's gonna play it. Yeah. I'm gonna zoom in because I hate some of these articles, bro. They need to calm down. Um, this one's a little long, so I'm going to try to read it quickly. It's a bit of history here, and then we'll discuss it. I always love when game companies sue game companies. Just, <laughs> it's just fun for me. <clears throat> Fred Ford and Paul Reich III, um, the lead developers of the original Star Control games, have sent their lawyers in into the fight Stardock started over the series and filed a counterclaim of their own. Stardock are currently making a reboot, a reboot o prequel to the sci-fi RPG o adventure named Star Control Origins. After buying Star Control assets from Atari in 2013, and want to make quite clear who's in charge of the series and rights. Ford and, and I think it's Rick. It's R E I C H E. Yeah, maybe Reich. Yeah. I don't want to keep saying Reich. I just don't. <laughs> um. Who are currently making a Star Control sequel in in all but name, contest that Atari couldn't have sold certain rights to Stardock because they had reverted to Ford and, and Wright uh, long before then. Stardock Stardock are counterfighting with Ford and Wright over three main things: who holds the rights to the original game and can sell them, who can use characters and lore created for the original games. And who's allowed to associate their new games with the originals? Mess number one. By the way, this article's from 
rock, paper, shotgun, and they did a really good job at breaking everything down. So mess number one, both parties selling the original games at times and, cl- and claiming the other the other never had the right to. Ford and Wright had sold the those first star controls through the digital store GOG for several years after noticing Atari was selling them. As Ford and Wright tells it, Atari acknowledged that – what? Oh, yeah, okay. Atari acknowledged that Atari held the star control trademark – but the pair held the rights to the games, and they struck a deal to cut cut them in. Stardock, Stardock say the duo did not have the rights to do this. Stardock, for their part, started selling the original games through the Steam, Steam store in 2017, and Ford and Wright said, say they didn't have the right to do that. <laughs> the duo say they petitioned Steam to remove them, but Steam sided with Stardock's counterclaim. Talking of a need to, quote, clear the deck, end quote, while trying to resolve all this, Ford and Wright removed the game from GOG in December. However, the games returned to the store several weeks later as Stardock's, at Stardock's bidding. Yeah, that was dumb. Like, you're already selling them on GOG. Why would you remove them? Stardock's like, okay, <laughs> start selling them here then. Um, mess number two, the laws of lore. Ford and Wright say they own the copyright of the first two games, Lore and Aliens and all. Warden has publicly acknowledged this. Ford and Wright's counterclaim includes several snippets of emails from Warden asking if they could arrange deals to include some of the old aliens or ships, which they turned down. They were a bit riled then to see artwork of alien races from their games on Stardock's site. They say that the space police in Origins are called Star Control, which is part of lore they created. And they say they see a ship of theirs in this Origins um, marketing screenshot. So there's a screenshot and you can see a cute little alien dude with like a thirst buster (laughs) in a hangar. Uh, Mess number three, associating your new game with the old Star Controls. Ford and Wright are currently making Ghosts of the Precursors, a game they have described as a direct sequel to Star Control 2. It doesn't use the Star Control name, but it's the same world, the same story, and the same sort of thing, picking up from the last one they made before another developer stepped in. Stardock Stardock object to Ford and Wright essentially placing Ghosts in a series Stardock feel they own. They dislike Ford and Wright using old Star Control cover art in promoting it, and they even object to the pair calling themselves the creators of the first two games. Stardock's filing says that it's Accolade, the publishers, who created Star Control 1 and 2. They claim that any authorship that Wright and Ford may have contributed to the classic Star Control games was limited because the game the games were the product of a team. More than that, Stardock say they have reasons to to believe the pair may not have created any of the artwork, animation, or characters incorporated in the games or otherwise substantially contributed to the authorship of the first two games. As much as I dislike (laughs) our culture's cult of authorship, which assigns all credit or blame to only one or two people while downplaying others, Stardock do seem to be getting a bit carried away. In video games in video games vernacular, it's understood that creators doesn't mean these two people did every single thing. Yes, other people worked on on them. They've 
listed in the cre- they're listed in the credits. The Star Control One's manual partic- particularly highlights the contribu- contributions of Greg Johnson and Robert Leyland, but but this is a bit much. I do wonder what's making them feel confident enough to make such bold claims. I only read that's his. Obviously, that's an opinion. I only read it because I completely agree with it. So I'm not going to read the rest. I just wanted to get all the messes out in the open here. Um, so Star Control is fucking one of those like super famous PC game series. I played hours and hours of it when I was a kid. It's got this huge cult following to this day. Um, it's basically an open world sandbox. You're in space. Like there was a time when they were making games. It was it almost became a genre, but then they gave up on it where you were the lo- you were the only ship. You're you're either the last ship, or it's a ship you found, <laughs> <laughs> and then you're kind of dumped in. It's like a really bad Dungeons and Dragons plot hook. Like you're just kind of dropped in to this world already in action. You have to figure it out. But the basis of Star Control is there was this alien race. They look like big spiders, and they um they took over Earth, and um humans are now slaves. And they, they, there's, you fly, you were cryogenically frozen or something like that. And you're coming back with the old ship and like, Hey, what's up? And there's a space station there and it was voice acted too. And it wasn't bad. And there was this dude that's like, Hey, uh, like we're, we're slaves, bro. <laughs> and you're like, what? And then you have to try to figure it out and stuff like that. Really cool. Um, it's sad to see a game like that kind of tarnished with this silly back and forth. Um, Stardock, uh, is the publisher of, um, of, uh, the fucking games. What games? Now I feel stupid. I had it on, I, I didn't, I didn't write it down because I knew it. <laughs> um, Sins of a Solar Empire, Galactic Civilizations series, off-world trading i think the off-world trading company um, they, that might be a stretch um oh no yeah they are the publisher they're the publisher of spacey games for the most part but they have a couple of other games so what do you think about this back and forth do you think do you think there can be whose fault it is who who should who should have control of the game that's my question well i mean part of you know did they so I, I guess part of where I'm confused on is how did both companies or how did it did somebody let something lapse and another company took it over? So it or, looks like Stardock bought it from Atari. But these two are saying Atari couldn't have sold you all of that because a lot of the rights of it were reverted back to these two, Ford and Wright. Well, but my thing is, if the rights were, if the if Atari's rights were reverted back to you two, do you have proof of this? I would assume Atari would give you documentation, right? right. And Atari wouldn't be able to fully sell it. I mean, you know, there lawyers and shit involved, so it's like you, this happened in 2013. It was beyond the we're just shaking hands shit. Yeah, you know, so. That's my confusion is that why I feel like a doc, a single contract or, or document would clear all this up. It would. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming that they probably don't. So I think in, in any in any case, I think, you know, if Star if Stardock bought it from from Atari and 
you know, I, I would say the burden of proof is on the, on those two to figure to like, Hey, where's the proof that, you know, that the rights reverted back to you, you know, cause it could have been one of those things where, well, it reverts back to us or maybe certain rights revert back to us, you know, and, and because, you know, it's the same thing of like what happens with, um, Terminator. Yeah. You know, Terminator had to be done by, you know, I think next year and then the rights revert back to, to, um, to Cameron, but you know, that only means in America, but that doesn't mean overseas. So, you know, there could be some complication. There could be something mixed up in there, you know, but it's, I think the burden of proof is going to be definitely on those two to try to, you know, prove that the revites did revert back to them. Cause I don't, I don't see how that happens. You don't really hear that when somebody sells a company, you don't, you know, the rights don't generally revert back to you. Right, and that's that's where that's why this story kind of grabbed me. One, because obviously, because it's a game series that I've always liked, but it grabbed me because I'm like, this sound, this seems so like we got a huge company involved, and then another huge company, Atari, was involved, right? And then these two guys, and then, and I'm not saying that they're illegitimate just because they're not a company. I'm just saying that that's the three entities that are involved, and. It's like a schoolyard argument. Like who has proof that they own the fucking thing? Yeah. And it, what it sounds like to me is that Stardock does have proof. They're like, I have the documents from Atari. And then the two the two dudes are like, yeah, but they didn't actually own that. I'm like, okay, well, then your quarrel's with Atari. Yeah. Has Atari sold something they didn't they, – they shouldn't have sold? Right. And then if, if that's the case – where does Stardock play into that thing? Because yeah, Stardock legitimately bought it. They didn't know Atari didn't own it. Yeah, yeah I think the burden of proof is really going to be on those two. I think, yeah. you know, because that, that's really... Of course how, it is. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be there. So, you know, I I don't know. I mean, unless there was something, and I guarantee you somewhere along the lines you're going to find out it was a verbal agreement or a handshake or something like that. And that's bullshit in a court. Yeah. It's, you know, it's when you get up to this... This level, it's like you know what it reminds me of that movie, The Founder. Mm-hmm. Remember at the end where he's like, he's like, uh, yeah, I agree to that. Let's shake hands on it. Right. Never happened right. because you can't prove that. You know, so it's like, get that shit in writing. Quit playing yeah. games. Exactly. You know? But we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm keeping an eye on it because I really like that series and I was looking forward to their little sequel they were making, but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's gonna be something brand new. Yeah. So. All right. Well, if you haven't been keeping track about some of the big events coming this May in Marvel and DC, we have it for you. IGN created a list of some of the big May offerings in comics. Here are some of the head, um, highlights. It's a little long, but I think all our topics are going to be a little long this week, so this episode is going to probably be longer than it's been for a little while. Mar- You're welcome. <laughs> Marvel's Fresh Start. Uh, which has been dubbed the fresh jumping off point for new readers. The biggest news here is that Jason Aaron and Ed McGinnis will be helming a relaunched Avengers comic, one that builds on the backbone of Marvel Legacy number one and features a lineup consisting of Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, Jennifer Walters' Hulk, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, and Robbie Reyes' Ghost Rider. May May will also feature uh, relaunch versions of Venom, by new creative team Donnie um, Cates and Ryan Stegman and Black Panther by returning writer Tanishi Coates, who I, I read his original run when he brought it back the first time. Great run. 
um, and new artist Daniel Acuna. We expect plenty more new and relaunched books in with in June, including Dan Sloth's Iron Man and a new Amazing Spider-Man. DC Nation Zero. This comic features three short stories aimed at setting up some of the company's biggest projects this summer. Brian Michael Bendis and Jose Luis Garcia Lopez will craft a prelude to Man of Steel to Man of Steel miniseries. Tom King and Clay Mann will set the stage for Bat for Batman and Catwoman's wedding and the return of the Joker. And Scott Snyder, James Tinian, Joshua Williamson, and Jorge Jimenez will kick off the new Justice League No Justice crossover. DC Nation number zero is essentially DC's contribution to Free Comic Book Day 2018, though it will be actually hitting stores several days earlier. This issue will cost 25 cents in print form and will also be available to download for free digitally. Uh, May also sees the end of Iron Man. Invincible Iron Man number 600 will be the very last Marvel comic written by Brian Michael Bendis before he officially begins his DC tenure. Uh, we know that the issue will mark the return of Tony Stark, but Marvel solicits also promise no fewer than five major surprises across the course of Bendis's final tale. New era for the Justice League. In case you haven't heard, Scott Snyder's taking over the Justice League line in the aftermath of Dark Knight's Metal. Snyder's run will begin in May as he teams with frequent writing uh, partners Joshua Williamson and James Tinian IV, as well as artist Francis Manipul and Marcus II for a weekly series called Justice League No Justice. No Justice will see the league join forces in some of the most and the some of the most iconic villains and branch off into four separate groups in order to confront four cosmic beings intent on devouring the planet Kalu. This miniseries will introduce new mysteries and conflicts that will fuel the new Justice League comics launching later this summer. Uh, May sees the end of writer Chip Zdarsky's first arc in Marvel's two-in-one with the solicit of, for issue six teasing, the fate of the four will, will be determined here. That has us wondering if Zdarsky might be prepping for to transform Marvel's two-in-one into a brand new Fantastic Four comic. It would be ideal timing given the hype surrounding Marvel's fresh start. Superman specials. May will mark the end of pretty much every existing Superman title as DC gears up for Brian Michael Bendis' run this summer. But fans can look forward to new stories from Action Comics writer Dan Jurgens and Superman writers Peter Tomasi and Patrick Gleason that cap off their, suspected, their respective runs. These stories will be published in Action Comics Special Number 1 and Superman Special Number 1. Each special will also include new material from other superstar creative teams. And look for Tomasi's Super Sons to also wrap up with issue 16 in May. Likely, Tomasi has indicated that the story will continue on in another form, likely either the form of a relaunch or transition over to DC's young, young adult-focused Ike Inc. line. Now, some of the missing books in May. On Marvel's side, Black Bolt, Thanos, and Iron Fist are all missing in May. We wouldn't be surprised to see Black Bolt end in order to clear writer Saladin Ahmed's schedule for Quicksilver and The Exiles. But Thanos seems like a strange omission given the huge critical and commercial success of the series. New creative team, Donny Cates and Jeff Shaw. We also have to assume that Marvel is simply planning to relaunch to capitalize the character's central role in the upcoming Avengers Infinity War. Now on the DC side, Supergirl, Titans, Teen Titans, Justice League, Justice League of America, and um, 
Harley Quinn. Wow. <laughs> I looked at the word. And I was like, uh, how do you say that? <laughs> <laughs> Are all absent from the May's solicits. It's expected that both Titans and Justice League lines will relaunch after the aftermath of the No Justice miniseries. Supergirl writer Steve Orlando confirmed that the series will be ending with May's issue number 20. However, Harley Quinn's absence is unusual given the character's continued popularity, so we have to assume more announcements on that front will be coming, will be forthcoming. <sighs> so you decided to just, you decided to just do all the fucking comic book news <laughs> this, this week. <laughs> well, that's just a one. <laughs> Now I saw that and I was like, oh, and I was reading, I was like, oh, this might be, this might actually be cool. Cause you know, there's just like all the stuff that's coming from the May solicits and May is going to be an expensive month, especially if you're a DC and Marvel Ugh. fan. Isn't it lately? They're always expensive months. Like it's, <laughs> it's getting a little ridiculous. Yeah. I am, I am excited to see, um, what Bendis is going to bring to the table. And I can see that, um, DC is as well. <laughs> Cause they're really <laughs> clearing the fucking path. Right. Or, which I, I think is funny. Um, I'm looking forward to Marvel's fresh start. Yeah, me too. I think I'm going to jump in Marvel, give it a real earnest jump. Um, it's just the perfect opportunity to do it. Yeah. And I hear they're going back to a lot of like old school stuff. And, yeah, they're kind of. I know that because a lot of people are complaining. So, <laughs> well, I, 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 they did the same mistake that you know DC made with the new Fifty Two is like completely getting rid of all canon and like with Marvel they just kind of thought oh people you know diversity so we'll just be lazy and just have younger people take over well that's what people that's what people aren't getting to cuz i saw an article where they were saying that um DC or Mar Marvel is uh catering to its conservative readers and i'm like no what <laughs> because they're saying that people are complaining about the African-American girl being Iron Man. And I'm like, she never was Iron Man. Yeah, she was, she was Iron just Ma Iron Maiden. Right. Which, which is, is kind of metal. Way, which is kind of metal. fucking metal as fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> if I was a superhero and I had metal on, I'm Iron Maiden. Like, yeah. 100%. <laughs> um, so, I think that's dumb. I mean, we, we all knew that it was eventually going to go back to the way it was. Yeah. And, and it really changes not because of diversity, right. but because it was lazily done. Like yeah. you've said, it and was just sloppy. It, yeah, it was just sloppy, sloppily done because it was like, okay, we have Falcon as Captain America. You know, it's like going, really? Because now we get rid of Falcon and we put him in Captain America and Steve Rogers is gone. And the problem is, is you have Marvel movies that have all the old characters. One thing that bothered me was um, putting Amadeus Cho as the Hulk and, and killing off Banner. And it was just like, really? Lame. You know, it's yeah. like, come on. You know. I mean... Maybe they were. Maybe they probably had this reboot plan for a while, and we're like, let's just fuck shit up. <laughs> let's just do a bunch of weird shit and see what sticks. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm perfectly okay. Like, I didn't. Re I didn't read a lot of it, but um, the one who Iron Maiden, I'm cool. That let's make that a new character in yeah. her own book. Like, well, yeah, I, I mean, think it's, it, that's the when, thing. Is it's like you know, make these characters and give them their own titles and be outside of you know, keep the main stalwarts because you know, and and my my thing has always been. Yeah, but, you know, look at, you know, everybody's like, well, you know, we need this at that. You know, we need diversity. We need people like that. It's like, yeah, but DC never turned Batman into somebody else. They never turned Superman as Wonder Woman hasn't become, you know, a man just because, you know, oh, we're going to gender switch it. You know, it's like that, that they don't do, they haven't done that. So why do there's you been have people, to do that? Like there's been people that have taken 
have stood in for Batman in the right. past, but it's very clear that he, they're just standing in. Like it's it's like Bruce Wayne will be back, right? But for now, we're helping out. Yeah, you know, and that, that's a different has, situation. As Gordon as Batman, remember? For the- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Superman stood in for Batman once. That pissed off Batman's fucking villains. Well, so did well, so did uh, uh, Nightwing. Yep, Nightwing did for a while. Yeah, yeah Batman's. I mean, he is human. He's been hurt a couple <laughs> times, you know. So, um, but yeah, I think it's much to do about nothing. Um, and I'm excited to see Marvel get get back to some, you know, some old standbys, especially since I haven't been reading them for a while. Um, and I, I am. I that is the time I've I've set it on my calendar. That's the time I'm getting back in following up on my comics um and i'm waiting for bendis to come back for dc so and i'm starting slow too like the main <laughs> books and that's right. it like it, it gets to be the spider web of nonsense <laughs> where you're reading way too much uh one character though perfect segue one character i'm going to be keeping up on is black panther so black panther number one's coming out in may and i got a little synopsis for you and we already know this book is going to sell the fuck out, okay? <laughs> um, and I'm hoping that it's going to be um, the start of something great because I really like this character. Yeah. You know, it, you know, and, and I'm not just saying that because I feel obligated to say it from the fucking um, social police. <laughs> right. Like, I just think he's a great character. I've always have. Um, this may, the power of the Black Panther expands across the universe. Now, this article is coming directly from Marvel.com, so there might be some flowery language. Just saying. <laughs> Might be a little upbeat. Um, prepare to see Wakanda like never before. As writer, <laughs> if I read it like that, as writer Tani Tanisi Cotes. That's yeah. a weird name. I'm clicking on it. Yeah, he's he's he wrote the um, the original Return of Black Panther when they yeah, brought him back. He's a good writer. I'd like to shit. Good. Um, an artist Danielle Acuna. Is it Danielle? No, it's Daniel. Sorry. A little gender swap of my own. Um, present a bold, right. Present a bold new direction for both the nation of uh, – T- how do you say that? that? The nation of Tikala? T'Challa? T'Challa. T'Challa. Thank you. And Black Panther number one. For years, the Black Panther has fought off invaders from his homeland, protecting Wakanda from everything – from everything from meddling governments to long-lost gods. Now he will discover that Wakanda is much bigger than he ever dreamed. Across the vast multiverse lies an empire found, founded in T'Challa's name. Readers caught a glimpse of it in Marvel Legacy Number 1. Now find out the truth behind the intergalactic empire of Wakanda this May. And there's a lot of quotes now. But, so, um, uh, the mute soundtrack by the Beastie Boys. Right, intergalactic, <laughs> intergalactic planetary. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Black Panther fans should be excited because this is a true number one. It's a new story with connections to the old story, but it's taking him into a different space, literally. And I think people will be excited about that, says Cotez. Uh, Black Panther number one is a creative challenge for me. My first few books were more philosophical. And while that still rings true here, this is a fast-paced, high-octane story. And with Daniel Acuna's art, I think people are really going to feel the energy and intensity here. I wanted people to feel like this is a really fresh storyline. And I think we succeeded in that. It's meaty, it's different, and it's perfect for new readers just coming to the world of T'Challa and the Black Panther. T'Challa has, ha, has a life of his own. 
Um, he's full of personality and charisma. He can be a mysterious silhouette or a powerful warrior. It's so inspiring. I really, really hope, by the way, this is also a quote. I really, really hope people can see this new and personal vision of Black Panther. And I'll still follow the brilliant lead of Brian Stillfreeze's design and settings, adds uh, Akuna. My inspiration, my inspiration in T'Challa's uh, legacy, the unique history of the character and the amazing artists that have come before, I feel like I'm part of something very different to what I've done until now. This is a very significant work and I hope uh, lasts a long time. Uh, series editor Will Moss explains more. Everybody's jumping in on a quote train, bro. For the, I can't emphasize enough how clean of an entry point this is for new readers. Readers are going to be learning about this mysterious intergalactic empire of Wakanda right alongside T'Challa. So everyone is going to be on the same page. And oh man, is Daniel Okuna delivering the goods. He gets the character of Black Panther like no other. And his design for the intergalactic empire are, well, they're out of this world. Dive in to the date, uh, May 23rd. Now, the reason I really wanted to kind of showcase this one, because obviously, you know, um, the Black Panther movie is the hot new thing right now. A lot of people didn't even know this character existed right. and are now. And, and that's always exciting when, when a comic book movie comes out about a character that I'm not saying second string because Black Panther is far from second string, but maybe a character that that hit its peak a while ago. And a lot of new readers don't don't really know about. Um, and also, if you a lot of I know a lot of people went and saw the opening to the movie and they got a free comic book. Yeah, because I was like, sh- opening day or something like that. Right, I a buddy of mine got one. I was looking at it; it looked pretty cool. If if you're if you're digging the character, this is the perfect point. Yeah, to slide right in and, and issue one. It's it's all new shit, and and I I like how what they're what they're saying is they're gonna read it where you're you're you know just as much as T'Challa. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's dope. It's it, you're gonna feel like you're on his level um in the story. And I always like reading it from that perspective more. Um and less of he knows everything and you I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so um yeah, it's pretty exciting. I'm definitely gonna be picking that up. Yeah, I checked out the movie uh last week and uh I wrote a st- I wrote a review on the website. Uh great movie. Um it just was it was just it was it was excellently executed you know yeah. the just the way the characters were and all of that i mean exquisitely executed <laughs> exquisitely Ooh. executed um i mean okay yeah i kind of got over the fact that everybody was african and you know it's fucking social justice warrior bullshit no, right <laughs> what's everyone got to be, be black, black in this movie? exactly what's up with that why is everybody got to be african i don't understand this shit <laughs> i saw one clip because i haven't seen the movie i saw one clip that had me fucking laughing so i like how um t'challa's bodyguard's a chick oh yeah she's the, fucking the, badass dude oh, yeah. and we've seen her in the uh what was it? The Avengers, wasn't it? Age of Ultron. Uh, no, it was uh, Civil War. Oh, Civil War, yes. And uh, <laughs> it was so fucking dope how uh, uh, fucking Frodo, or not Frodo, um, Bilbo, <laughs> right. um, like just kind of taps him on the chest. Oh, right. And she quick like, what? You know, because <laughs> he's a king. You right. Know, touch a king, you know. 
and she said um she said what she said like if if tell him if he touches you again i'm gonna kill him or something stupid like that but i love how they have that native language in it too yeah because i've always loved how african language sounds <laughs> yeah. like with the clicks and shit like it sounds so fucking layered yeah. like it's so cool and um it got me even that little scene got me more amped to go catch the flick and i have the fucking gift card i'm ready to go <laughs> it was busy this weekend you know we might catch it next weekend yeah. it's uh, it's it, it it marvel really kind of solves the villain problem in this movie um also no fucking other no fucking other marvel character except for claw and um and um agent ross but they're you know not a hero or anything like that and it takes place literally right after civil war um and it was just it was it was really cool to watch and just you know I mean Angela Bassett Forrest Whitaker yeah um, some heavy Michael names B, Michael this. B Jordan you know it's just everybody did such a great job the the female guards I love that they kept them because it's you know that's the guards of the of Wakanda in the comic so like all the chicks were like badass his si- the girl that plays his sister is fucking hilarious um, we have a I have this um this chick that says sex to me at work and she's she's awesome you know and she's super amped because uh you know she's she's african-american and she's super pumped up about this movie for for obvious reasons you know and uh she goes what do you know about that black panther adam is this the first you've ever heard of it joking around with her friends over there and i go uh i read black panther when i was a kid and they're like you you read black panther and i'm like yeah (laughs) and they're like oh and i'm like why is it surprising that i read black panther because he's black like i also read cyborg when i was a kid <laughs> like i don't give a fuck what color a superhero is yeah. i mean I, I wrote a i wrote a tweet to marvel because uh i've, I've read black panther when i was a kid and then when they re-brought it back him and um black panther and dr strange two favorite characters of mine that i never thought got enough attention yeah um in the comic world and uh so when i saw this movie it was just like you know, I was like, I, I wrote like, you know, hey, thanks, uh, Roger Kohler for giving me the kind of the, the, the movie that I always pictured in my head. You know, it was just like, oh, it was awesome to finally see. Like, it's like, oh, great. My, this character is done right. I mean, I already knew from Civil War, but, it, you know, doing a character in Civil War versus doing a whole movie, it was just kind of like, okay. Let's let's the see thing, how this goes. The thing I liked about Black Panther when I was a kid too is it has that the legend of Black Panther feel to it because yeah. it's this it's this power that's passed down from king to king. Like it had that kind of almost fantasy um trope involved yeah. in it. It's and very, and I just dug it when I was a kid. I was a like very, Black Panther's a shit. It's a very very good origin story. Uh, I mean it it goes into everything like how Wakanda became to being and and just how the Black Panthers get their power and all that stuff is really, really detailed, but not to like a point of like point by point. This, 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 this is all integrated well into the story. So, you know, yeah, it was it's definitely, definitely a good see. Nice. All right. So today, today, Adam, today, today, for real, today, for real. OK, it's the start of the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, Spain. Again, Adam and I weren't invited uh, Samsung, yeah, exactly. Samsung took the wrap off its latest flagship, the Galaxy S9. After totally revamping the S line, 
last year, the S9 is more of a follow-up to last year's phone. You get more or less the same design with the revamped camera, improved fingerprint reader placement, and new pro newer processor. The usual, as usual, there are two versions, the S9 and the S9 Plus, according to Ars Technica. First up, the specs. The S9 is one of the first phones to um, phones announced with the new 2.8 gigahertz Snapdragon 845 in the U.S. While the international version will most likely get the Enos 9810. Qualcomm is promising a 25% faster CPU and 30% faster graphics compared to the Snapdragon 835. The rest of the base S9 specs look a lot like last year's with four gigs of RAM, 64 gigabytes of storage, and 3,000 3, mega amps battery with a 5.8 inch screen 2960 by 1440 OLED display the not the S9 plus gets a usual bigger screen the 6.2 inch uh, same OLED display and a bigger battery 3500 milliamps then the, the the S8 get 33 I could have sworn it was like something odd like yeah yeah I think and um and one improvement over last year is the ramp bump to six gigs. Uh, both S models will have headphone jacks, uh, micro SD slots, a new stereo speaker setup, one bottom firing and one that also doubles as an earpiece, IP68 dust and water resistant wireless charging, and ships with Android 8.0. That's, that's the, cool. That's the Oreo. If it didn't, I would have been like, seriously, dude, come on. Like, get your shit together. <laughs> um, one thing that I also heard, too, is that um, I think it's supposed to support a 400 gig SD card. Mm. So I'm like. Why do you need that much? I mean, okay. I don't need that much space, <laughs> right? I guess. Yeah. You know. I haven't even put an SD card in my phone. <laughs> well, it's because you don't take pictures of anything and, you know, you don't do anything. I take pictures. Mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. Sure. And I take videos as well. However, I'm old school when I take videos and pictures. Like if we go somewhere, when I get home, I put them on my computer. <laughs> and it's always constantly synced with fucking um, OneDrive. OneDrive. Yeah. I don't fucking care. But whatever. <laughs> um, I, I I was looking over the specs. Um, this is definitely a – a Samsung move where the phone is great. And if you still have the seven or even something before that, this would be an excellent upgrade. But if you got the eight yeah. line, you got the eight, you don't, it's really not really to. necessary. No, right. I mean, unless you really, really wanted to have, yeah, the, unless you the latest and greatest all the time. I mean, my mine's up every year. Cause I got that, you know, switching from iPhone. So I'll probably get it <laughs> just because I can get it. See, um, mine, I get mine every two years. Yeah. So I actually bought my I got mine at the perfect time because yeah. it's going to upgrade on the fucking even numbers, <laughs> which is when <laughs> you really want to upgrade. Right. So because I mean, we just got these fucking. Yeah, phones. we got these last year. Yeah. yeah. Right around the same. Yeah. Like like a week or two apart from each other. Yeah. Because um, I got mine and you was like, oh, I guess I better step my game up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do like how they move the. Um, oh, the sensor. The fingerprint sensor, yeah. even though it doesn't really bother me where it is. No, for some people it doesn't. But I can imagine, you know, if your hand placement is a little weird. But the thing is, is that also you you can it's easy to smear onto the camera. That, that See, I never do that. Hmm. Like I always I always hold my phone. So the the right bottom corner is in my palm. Well, yeah, but you're also your um your cover uh, specifically sets. That's it up true. That. So I have I have an OtterBox cover, and it's kind of cool because the um the back uh, 
hole where that shows off the sensors in the camera. The one you usually and, have to pay extra for. Yeah. <laughs> um, the side where the sensor is, is, is a little bit slanted more like it's a, like a channel for your finger. So you get used to it and you don't even, you don't even notice it. Like there's no reason your finger would be on the other side. Yeah. Unless you purposely wanted it there to use that sensor thing. Now, when I use that sensor thing, sometimes I bump the camera. Yeah. I will admit that. Yeah, it just but, uh, it depends, you know, a lot on the casing. And, you know, sometimes – and, you know, I usually, if I do it, it's because I'm one-handing my phone because I got my hand in something else. And then sometimes my, my finger will scrape across the camera camera lens and then kind of blur it a little bit. I stay one hand in my phone, bro. <laughs> you don't need to step your game up. Um, but the new feature was going to be the new camera system that's used in this. Uh, the S9 versions are getting a main camera with two aperture settings. Just like a real camera, the S9 will get a very tiny aperture blades that can move to change the amount of incoming light. On the S9, they're limited to two different positions, the f1.5 and the f2.4 apertures. In low light, the aperture can open up to an f1.5 to collect as much light as possible, while normal and bright light can switch switch to the f2.4 for wider depth of field um, now the s9 plus is moving into note 8 territory by getting dual camera setup besides the main camera details already mentioned it also has a 12 megapixel telephoto lens uh, both phones have uh, 12 megapixel main sensors optical images stabilization and 960 frames per second slow motion video the front camera seems like a no pretty normal 8 megapixel um, f1.7 setup um, <laughs> when I read telephoto, I kept thinking about, remember those old point and click cameras when the telephoto lens would stick stand out, you could hear it go, you, know? <laughs> you do that on the, you do that on this one. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, uh, but yeah, the rest of the phone is more or less the same. I mean, you, if you, <laughs> If you like emojis, that facial shit, that's going to be on there. That's, that's so ridiculous. That's more for the youth. Let yeah. the youth have their emojis. Right. The rest of the phone is more or less the same as last year. There is a Bixby button that Samsung Samsung won't let you remap out of the box. There's still a Dex, uh, desktop dock that allows you to plug the phone into a mouse keyboard and monitor for the PC-like experience. And there is still a heart rate sensor on the back, and the back is still made of glass. Uh, good news is pricing is the same as last year's, too. So with the S9 clocking in at $719.99 and the S9 Plus going for $839.99, in the U.S., pre-orders start March 2nd at every character you can think of and toasters and microwaves and all that shit, and the phones ships out on March 16th. Samsung basically does the same thing Apple does yeah. where they have a phone and then they come out with the S version, which right. is the we're going to upgrade it a little bit. They just don't add a letter. It's yeah, just, they just the next, the next number up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, it's funny, too, because like at the when I reach this point of being able to upgrade my phone, you know, it comes out in March. That's a good two months to get the kinks out <laughs> before yeah, I upgrade that shit. <laughs> So, yeah, but are you going to get the diet? I guess because you get the upgrade yeah, every get year. The, yeah, I get the upgrade every year, so I might as well. I mean, unless there's anything seriously bad about it, like it explodes or something. Right. I can say that the um, the new note does not explode. My wife has it, and it hasn't exploded, so it didn't go boom. <laughs> yeah, well, except when you hear her throw the phone in your room, grenade. <laughs> oh, she already cracked the screen. So Jesus. Never, and I told her, I said, Hey, 
guess who's got a job now? <laughs> right. I said, you better go pay that fucking deductible. Yeah. And she, she'll, she's like, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> she's so used to looking through a crack phone. Um, uh, so here's something. Can do that. I <laughs> right. I never cracked a screen in my life. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. At least she had a story. Okay. <laughs> There's always a at, story. <laughs> she was at work. She works at an elementary school, by the way. Um, and she works in the office. So the girls, it's all girls, like most elementary school offices. Um, they school was out that day. It was a Friday half day. So they decided to go up to the local Irish um, pub and have a couple of drinks. My wife knows more about Irish alcohol than she should <laughs> because of me. Right. So she was picking drinks for the girls and she was doing this and that thinking she's big shit. She had my, my wife is a lightweight. So she had like three beers and was kind of, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so she's like, someone's going to have to drive because I can't drive. And that's fine. They had, I think two people designate drivers and all that shit. Um, so she gets in the car. She has to tie her shoe. So she puts the phone down on the floor of the car. Oh, like halfway in, no, it's like a quarter out of the car for some stupid fucking reason. The chair's right there. Goes to tire shoe, starts talking to her girlfriend, forgets the phone's there, and shuts the door oh. right on the fucking phone. So it looks like a bullet went through this fucking thing. <laughs> but it's it's all localized in the top right corner. So she's like, oh, sometimes my, my calls are dropping lately. I wonder why. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you fucking ran a car door through the damn thing. <laughs> so I told her, you have the insurance. I know because I pay for it. So go ahead. So how much is it going to cost? I'm like, it's going to be the highest deductible. Of course. Because it's the note. It's right. an expensive phone. And she goes, uh. <laughs> so I'm like, whatever. It's your phone. I don't really. Because she's like, you're not upset. I go, no. She's like, why? Because like, I don't have to look at it. Right. My phone looks fine. So, and I don't even have a screen protector. It's like, take care of your shit. I think I figured it out, though, why girls, it's mostly women that have crack phones. Because a lot of their clothes don't have pockets. Yeah. They don't have pockets. My phone is always in a pocket that yeah. has nothing else in it. And it's and not the a screen back is pocket. Facing, it's not a back right. pocket. And yeah. the screen is facing my leg. And it's in an otter box. <laughs> you can hit me with a baseball bat and that fucking thing ain't breaking. <laughs> so, but please don't hit me with a baseball bat. I don't want to die like Houdini. Right. Just get suddenly hit. Anyway, I saw this uh, this next next one and I was interested in it. I'm a little pretentious. I use moleskin notebooks. Sorry. With a feather like quill? Them. No, not with a feather quill. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, little bottle of ink <laughs> next the pen the pen i use actually specifically because i am pretentious about that too is a paper mate ink joy oh, uh, I gel use those. yeah i love those, those fucking pens. fucking smooth i have like eight colors <laughs> but i just got all the sets because and i explained this to my wife she's like well, why did you just, i just use whatever pen i said i'm left-handed you are pulling the pen i am pushing it so right. if if it skips at all, I, it fucks the whole thing up. So I need that. Okay? And I don't want to spend $80 on a pen. I'm not that much of an <laughs> asshole. So Moleskin, Moleskin has valiantly 
tried to bridge the divide between analog writing and digital files for years. The company released its smart writing set in 2016 as a $200 holistic solution of pen, proprietary smart paper, and app that instantly sent whatever you wrote or drew over to the your paired device, which worked as long as your smartphone or tablet was nearby. But its newest writing implement, the $180 Pen Plus Ellipse, liberates you from the latter need, saving all your scratches or I'm sorry, scratchings in an offline mode until it connects to your device again. This could actually be handy for writing in business situations, trains outdoors in low light. We're pulling out your device to sync up is cumbersome. Unlike the pen that comes with the smart writing set, the pen plus ellipse also has a little clip on the cap to slide out, slide on to your favorite notebook. Although, of course, you'll be using a $30 one from Moleskine's smart, smart writing <laughs> set line since those are the only ones uh, with the aforementioned ENCODE smart paper. Um, if you want to make it to the digital note-taking future, you'll have to pay to get there. And you'll literally have to check out terms and condition boxes to use the system. If our hands-on with the smart planner notebook is any indication – by the way, this is from Engadget, um, and their hands-on thing is pretty dope – is any indication of the rest of the product line. But if you're a believer with deep pockets who doesn't mind playing ball with in Moleskine's small enclosure of proprietary smart products, the Pen Plus Ellipse has improved on the earlier smart pen with a consideration we all know. Sometimes your devices just don't play nice with each other. Thank you for fucking realizing that. <laughs> I'm actually – the price for me, no. I, I ain't spending that much for a pen. But – if the price came down a bit, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind something like this because I take a lot of notes um, for work. We, it's it. When you work at a bank, it's like you have so many meetings. <laughs> you have meetings about meetings. You have right. meet. My favorite ones are productivity meetings, where whenever they say how they'll ask, like, anyone have any ideas on how we can be more productive uh, in the office? I'm like, yeah, stop having so many fucking meetings about productivity. Yeah. And actually do some work. Like usually on Friday, half of my day I'm in meetings. Hmm. I'm running meetings. I'm listening to other people run meetings. I'm listening to a television screen run a meeting. This is meeting, 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 meeting. So <laughs> I have to take a lot of notes in these meetings because I'm the shit. Okay? I, st I got my game stepped all the way you up. Just, you just put your phone out, hit record, hit the voice record, lay back and just go to sleep. But here's the thing. <laughs> I also have been tasked of writing the meeting notes for half of the meetings I go to. That's right. You have the note, then you have the voice, you know, so you can keep. You know that shit's gonna come out like a garbled mess, dude. <laughs> so this way, I can write. The fuck? <laughs> I could write. I could write, you know, the fucking meeting notes, and then it sends it to wherever the fuck it sends it to, and then I can just copy and paste, and bam. Do I want to spend $180 to do that? No, because I type real fast, so I could just type them up. But it's it's cool. I understand the need for this technology is what I'm saying. Um, but Moleskin needs to bring that price down, especially if you have since that you have to use their special notebooks, which are like 30 bucks. They're nice notebooks. I think Moleskin notebooks are fine. Like you can go on YouTube and see people like reviewing different notebooks, and there are some people who are straight snobs about notebooks and they're they'll <laughs> they'll sit there and be like this paper is this and it doesn't do this and i can't use my fountain pen on it first of all 
I'm I'm watching a review of a pocket notebook. I have one. It's actually right here. I have a pocket moleskin notebook, soft bound dotted paper. That is that's what I get. I'm hitting it right now. <laughs> Someone said they didn't like it because the paper had a little bit of bleed through when they used their fountain pen. Listen, why do you have a fountain pen when you're on the go? Stop it, Hemingway. Fucking relax. <laughs> I've had this pocket notebook since, and I wrote the date on the bottom, October of 2016, because I don't use it all the time. I just use it when I need to use it. No pages are falling out. Perfectly good. The only thing that did fall out is the um, the bookmark. And the elastic band's a little looser. Right. But it's perfectly fine. And I got <laughs> like 30 pages to go. Actually, I got to buy a new one pretty soon. Okay, Ivan Fleming. Listen, when the world needs to read the truth, they'll come to these notebooks. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess on that note, it brings us to the end of the headlines. <laughs> Our main story today is violence in the media. More like defending the Second Amendment by discussing the relevancy of the first. The debate on <laughs> violence in the media affecting society is similar to the debate of whether Miracle Whip is the same as mayonnaise. It isn't. It isn't. Not at all. Not in the slightest. Mm -hmm. After the events of uh, in Parkland, Florida nearly two weeks ago, conservatives are using video violence in video games, comics, and movies as the reason some asshole took a gun to a school and shot it up. This is the tradition the tradition this is traditional when conservatives want to deflect the main topic from the discussion as the ease of access that kids under the age of 21 can get these weapons. Now let's be honest. They've never been big fans of the First Amendment. It was the First Amendment that brought down Nixon, Iran Contra, Harvey Weinstein and Kendall Jenner single-handedly bringing down Snapchat. In Kentucky Governor Matt Bevin, I know what you're thinking. This is not fake news. Kentucky Kentucky actually has a governor. Bevin is looking at keeping the Second Amendment safe and untouched at the expense of the First. There is There are video games that, yes, are listed for mature audiences, but kids play them and everybody knows it. And there's nothing to prevent a child from playing them, Bevin says. And whose fault is that? Exactly. I know. It's like, um, okay, are we kind of skirting a very important thing here? Uh, Bevin said in a radio interview, they celebrate the slaughter of people. There are games that literally replicate and give people the ability to score points for doing the very same thing that these students are doing inside schools, where you get extra points for finishing off who's, uh, or for someone finishing off who's lying there begging for their life. First of all, Max Payne was on the PlayStation 2, and that was where you only got to kill drug addicts, but you never received extra, po extra points for them. Now, of course, we're trying, he's trying to use the Grand Theft Auto defense, which hasn't been that way in nearly a decade. We need to have an honest conversation as to what should and should not be allowed in the United States as it relates to things being put in the hands of our young people, Bevin said in a recent interview. And for that statement, he's correct. However, we need to have an honest conversation. We need to be honest with ourselves and be able to look at the cause and not the symptom. Using the sleight of hand to say guns aren't the issue, but violent media is. I'm a big believer in the First Amendment and right to free speech, but there are certain things that are so graphic as it relates to violence and things that are so pornographic on a whole nother front that we allow to pass under the guise of free speech, which arguably are, Bevan stated, but there is zero redemptive value. 
there is zero upside to any of this being in the public domain, let alone in the mind and hands and homes of our young people. Now, if he wants to go into zero redemptive value, what value does an 18-year-old have in being able to buy an AR-15? If anyone, regardless of age, needs an AR-15 to hunt, someone needs to work on their aiming skills. Now, some of you may remember that this issue was covered already. The Supreme Court discussed this in 2011 in Brown versus Entertainment Merchants Association. We covered this on the show before. Our old friend of the show, former Senator Leland Yee, along with other California legislators, wanted to regulate the sale of video games. Psychological studies purporting to show a connection between exposure to violent video games and harmful effects on children do not prove that such exposure causes minors to act uh, to act aggressively, the Supreme Court ruled. Any demonstrated effect are both small and indistinguishable from effects produced by other media. Keep in mind, Leland Yu had been gunning after video games for most of his time in office until he was arrested by the FBI. Lee was arrested by the FBI on March 26, 2014 on charges related to public corruption and gun trafficking, specifically buying automatic firearms and shoulder launch missiles from the Moro Islamic Liberation Front, MILF. (laughs) <laughs> okay <laughs> that's i'm paying attention <laughs> i know exactly it's like what what was that okay can, can we can we go back backtrack a little bit it's a it obviously enough or oddly enough milf is an islamic extremist group located in the southern philippines and attempting to resell weapons to an undercover fbi agent first, i love all of it I know, first of all kudos to the dude that made us like a yes. you know because you know that was intentional that one, oh, yeah. that's like, oh, it's MILF. <laughs> that's kind of cool. He's like, listen, <laughs> I know we're usually a pretty serious outfit. Put a little comedy into it. Yeah. it never hurt. <laughs> exactly. Let's make it a little more welcoming, something that maybe people are more interested in. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, really, uh, the marketing team has really been working. <laughs> <laughs> MILF tested better in target audiences. So, oh, you know. Oh, my God. <laughs> And he was also charged with accepting $10,000 bribe from an undercover agent in exchange for placing a call to California Department of Public Health regarding a contract at the organization. Now, keep in mind, Democrats like to pin all the stuff on Republicans, but Yee himself was a Democrat. In 2015, Yee pleaded guilty to felony racketeering count in, reg- in relation to money laundering, public corruption, and bribery in, the- in a San Francisco Chinatown organized crime case. On February in 2016, Lee was sentenced to five years in federal prison. So in Yee's mind, video games are the cause of violence in our country, not running guns to criminal organizations. <laughs> not at all. Not in the slightest. So. <laughs> I remember when we first found out <laughs> yeah. that he was a criminal. I laughed I know. for like five minutes. <laughs> it, was, it was the funniest. It's when When you actively see – you hear a lot about karma. Right. <laughs> when you actively see it working, it's the most satisfying fucking thing. I lost my mind. Oh, I know. So the Supreme Court has already ruled on pornography and gaming are covered under the First Amendment, claiming that kids are playing mature games should fall on the parents. 
Yeah. Uh, the kids play these games should fall into the purview of the parents. And when are we going to take responsibility for society's actions? If teens are getting their hands on weapons like this, then we need to look at how they're obtaining these weapons. We blame society's ills on alcohol, rock music, comics, movies, Marilyn Manson, goth rock, the internet, video games. Maybe our laws are failing. And if we use logic of the of all the conservatives that that these are the cause of violence we should be in living in the world of the warriors right now so politicians are fear mongers ah. if they actually fixed the problem they would have nothing to blame the other side on you know what you know what's funny what's funny and i've said this many times before here other places communication is key when it comes to children my kids, I, I, some of the younger ones, I don't really like playing um, certain games. Um, shoot 'em ups and stuff, I actually don't really care, to be honest. I don't, I don't let them play um, the Call of Duties and stuff for two reasons. One, they're shitty games. They're shitty games. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also a gamer, and fuck and, that. And, um, and, and Halo. And if you're going to shoot up people, just use Halo. Well, actually, and that's the thing is I tell them Halo because Halo's more fantasy. Like it's – you're shooting aliens and right. shit, you know. Um, no offense to any aliens that might be listening. Uh, <laughs> but the key is to talk to your the one, children. The ones that are taking break from the uh, Lord of the Rings extended edition. Right, exactly. <laughs> to listen to Sitting this. in the passenger seat taking selfies on that roadster. We know what you <laughs> motherfuckers doing. Um, the thing is is that I, I, I know that my kids – are not playing Halo or Call of Duty. my older kids sometimes. Um, they only play zombie mode, but whatever. <laughs> um, I know they're not playing and going, wow, gee, this looks like a good idea. Because I, I'm i not monitoring what they're playing. I'm monitoring their mental state. Yeah, I'm communicating with them. I know how they feel. I know how they're doing in school. I know how if they have bullies and we're talking about that. A lot of these parents now – they buy their kids a video game system not because the kids asked for it but because it's a babysitter. Yeah. And and if you're not educating your kids on how to think <laughs> <laughs> then video games are a horrible way to learn how to think. Well the, the the my the whole thing on that is that you know it's always somebody it's something else's fault. We we can't have a situation where this person's fucked up. Yeah. You know and in and not to diminish that that fact is like, you know, we should, yeah, we should be looking at mental health. I agree with that. But we should also be looking at, really, should an 18-year-old be able to get an AR-15 but have to be 21 to get a handgun? Right. I mean. Like, what? Yeah, exactly. It's like. How, <laughs> Clean up these laws, man. Yeah, it's like, how how is this even, you know. And, you know, you, you have some on the right that are saying, well, you know, law enforcement didn't do their job. And, yeah, you know what? There's a lot of blame to go around on this. It's not simply a, 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 you know, left or right issue. It's a safety issue. It's a people issue. It's like what I, what I said before is like, you know, what I told you yesterday, you know, when I said about once people stop, you know, bitching about themselves and actually looking for out for everybody else's well being, you know, that's when we'll, mm -hmm. that's when we'll actually be a true yeah, sometimes, society. Sometimes Steve and us and I will talk about something like on Facebook or whatever and in the DMs, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And uh, it will start. It will start as just a whatever, and then all of a sudden, it just slips into this <laughs> philosophical 
You know what I mean? And right. it's either he starts it or I start it, but we're going that way. And that's <laughs> and and if you if you bought your ticket for the train, come on and ride. <laughs> and I think it was my fault yesterday. I don't. I, don't know. Oh, I, think, I just started to get deep about it. I yeah, was like, "Fuck it." I think you had made a you had yeah because it was off of a off of a uh, side remark that I had made and just you know fucking around and you know then when I when I see that it's like an, oh okay we took that one way too far okay I, is it I, oh this is what we doing yeah oh, okay. <laughs> it's like all right I just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh this is where we're going okay let me hold up let me suit up let me change let me change let my me attire <laughs> let me change my attire before we that's go there. right get ready <laughs> but you know and it's with this whole thing you know like we're hearing you know now reports of you know the cops have been called like 39 times to the dude's place and you know um the the guy with the gun who was supposed to be the security guard didn't go in there when the shooting start violating you know what they're supposed to be doing and you know, and all this stuff, it's just like, you know what, we really have to sit down and actually have a discussion. You know, we, we changed we changed the wording. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, immediately they're like going, Hey, we need to talk about gun control. And a lot of times we don't we don't need to say gun control. Why don't we try to do, you know, weapon reform? Right. You know, and then suddenly it's like, Well, let's raise the age to twenty one and then suddenly, you know, everybody's like, Oh, we can't we can't do that. It's like, really? You know. Why can't we? Y'all bitches fucking did it with alcohol. Right. You know. I was just reminded of that because I was watching that 70s show. Well, what's funny about that is I was thinking like, oh, okay, so a guy can't buy alcohol at 18, but he can go into the military and buy a, 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 a long rifle. You know? Oh, they, I remember that was a big thing here in Arizona because they oh, – fucking 2004, I think, they changed the gambling age from 18 to 21. Mm-hmm. So my buddy comes back from being deployed in Iraq or something like overseas <laughs> and he, he, he used to like scratcher tickets, you know, oh. and he tried to buy one and I was working at a smoke shop at the time. So he comes in, he's like, hey, let me get one of the scratchers. I'm like, nah, bro. <laughs> I'm like, I can't sell it to anyone under 21. I do some <laughs> shit. He's like, I could get shot at for this right. country, but I can't buy a scratcher. I know. I can get shot at for this country, but I can't be a millionaire. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's some bush. He was so fucking mad. And I didn't blame him. Yeah. I mean, here it's like you have to be 21 to gamble, but lottery tickets, you can get 18. Right. You know, and it's just like, and it's just like, you know, we really need to reexamine our values, you know. I mean, you know, anybody can start a podcast. We really need to reexamine those values. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's um. But then we're it, but then we go back thing. to that old trope of like, well, let's not handle the issue. Let's blame everything else. Oh, let's look the video games and and all that stuff again. It's like, really, right. dude? We've already been here. People people like to to make the symptoms of something the cause yeah. and not address the cause. Yeah. Like someone who played violent video games and then did something violent, that that's a symptom of something else. Right. The, the, the video games, any normal sane individual is not going to go, gee, I'm going to grab a gun and shoot a school up. Right. It don't matter what fucking games he's playing. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, it's like it's like so, you know, like in the early 90s, I, I'm assuming because of all the rash of postal shootings, most of them played video games. Right. If we go by that logic. Well, then also too, the the argument for for video games cause violence is so tired because before the 1980s, there was a lot of fucking history going on, and it was pretty fucking violent. Yeah. 
Well, before you know, that, so, I mean, you go before that, it was, you know, you go before that, it's, oh, it's television, um, violence and television and movies. And then before that, it was, oh, it's comic books, you know, like the juvenile delinquency. Oh, before that, it's alcohol, you know, and it's like, you know. Comic books, I, I didn't believe until I saw um, that they made Captain America join Hydra. That <laughs> caused some violence, and right. I agree with it. <laughs> right. No, but the, it this what's the scapegoat of the week? You know, yeah. that kind of shit. And it's, it's just old. Yeah. It's fucking old. Like just stop. No. And I feel like they said this now and people are like, Ugh, whatever dude. Yeah. Like, nobody even cares. yeah. Cause at this point it's kind of like, Oh, we're going through that again. It's like, okay, we're, you know, we're just trying to skirt the issue. Right. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> Pretty much. Motherfucker. I mean, cause you know, the, it's the same argument as anti-vaccine. Well, I don't do it because it causes autism. Really? Because most scientists say that at this point we should be seeing those, you know, spikes in numbers, but we're not. It's like you it's can't. Like, I hope you get autism, dumb <laughs> motherfucker. Right. That's what I want to say. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're so stupid. I hate you and everything you stand for. <laughs> Jenny McCarthy. <sighs> Can you believe that that all started from that idiot? Yeah. Like, we suddenly, there were people on this planet, Californians. That thought it was okay to get medical advice from a comedian <laughs> who based it on a on a who based her decision on a on a false record um, false study. Like when did we as a society that was later admitted to be false? Right, that no one cared about though, because Jenny McCarthy said. And you know what? I actually, in in a, in some way, I felt bad for Jenny McCarthy, because if if there's anyone who should be justified in in grasping at straws for scapegoats, it, it's the mother of a sick child. Right. I, I I get that. Like I understood where when she first said it, I was like, oh, I kind of feel bad for this chick. Like she just she just has a kid and she wants to blame someone right. that that kid is is something is wrong with them. You know, and and it's. But when it became a movement, and that's the problem, is that yeah, I had Jenny a movement, Mac <laughs> right? <laughs> Jenny McCarthy in that situation was most mothers. Yeah, it's it's not my kid's fault. It's this isn't random. Something is wrong. It's somebody's fault. The only difference was is she had a platform, You're right, for her uneducated shit, and then you have other mothers that are just terrified that their kids are going to get autism. What's so wrong with autism anyway? I've met autistic kids. They seem all right. Yeah. I've, I've seen kids with fucking polio. They don't seem all right. I'll <laughs> right. tell you that much. Uh, all right. So on that, I think we should round out the show with our what the actual fuck. Uh, I like mine. My, mine's a fun one. I like mine too. Uh, so this comes from, as usual, Huffington Post. Um, an adult entertainment company has come out with a new sex toy that's really saucy. Saucy. <laughs> <laughs> a vibrator that orders pizza after you or after your orgasm. On Thursday morning, adult entertainment company Cam Soda introduced the Rub Grub, an interactive <laughs> vibrator that orders food after you're done using it for its Wait, original purpose. Stop talking. <laughs> Don't gloss over that shit like it wasn't said. <laughs> the rub 
Grub? Yeah. Bruh. That is the greatest name for a product <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. Next to next to that Islamic going, hey, the acronym is MILF. What you think? <laughs> oh, these people are stepping the game all the way up, dude. Uh, oh, yeah. According to the press release, this diddle and dine device <laughs> come, <laughs> comes with an internet connected button on one end that's similar to the button on a Amazon Dash wand. Uh, once a person programs their payment, delivery, and order information, the Rub Grub continues uh, to your uh, connects to your local pizza place through its application programming interface or API which is how two pieces of software communicate with each other. So whenever a person is done pleasuring themselves, they can order a pizza just by pushing a button. The vibrator will connect only to Domino's at first, but Cam Soda uh, Vice President Darren pa uh, Parker predicts other national chains will jump on the product once they sense the buzz. No, they won't. <laughs> um, Domino's may be a little touchy about being connected to a sex toy. A company spokesperson told HuffPost, the chain knows nothing about Rub Grub, uh, but the device is able to order pizza from the chain because of the API is public. Parker explains. Yeah, Domino's is the only one with the public. There's API. a lot of different things that can order from Domino's. For I think you can do it from some games and shit because yeah. they have an open API. The, it's real open now. <laughs> <laughs> Too open, really. <laughs> the rub grub solves a problem few realize existed. He added. Ma masturbate quote masturbation while ultimately enjoyable can be strenuous physical activity during which an, ex yes. an, an individual exerts a lot of energy and burns many calories inevitably once someone has climax they feel lethargic and hungry parker said in the press release now in order to enjoy your saturday night you all you need is a rub grub device get off and get stuffed all with the quick click of a button pizza had tried to do something similar but less sexual last year when it created a pair of basketball shoes called pie tops that allowed a person to order pizza by pressing a button on the tongue of one shoe. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. The Rub Grub is currently in the final stages of development. Parker expects it will be available for purchase in a few months for $19.95. Dude. <laughs> this, is, this is yet another episode America. I, I am happy. <laughs> That I may I have consciously made the decision to never read Steve's what the actual fuck. Like I never read them on purpose because I want to react to them. And this was I reacted to this one. And it was great. <laughs> oh my rub. god. This is why other countries hate us, you know? <laughs> this is why they should love us. Oh. Oh my god. You know what? If they, get, go. if they could get one for, you know, like, you know, like uh, uh, one of those, um, what do you call them? The uh, what's the um, the fake, the fake, uh, the fake pussies. Oh, the, the fleshlight. The fleshlight. Yeah. The fleshlight bite. <laughs> and get and get that to go to like Subway or something so you can get a sandwich afterwards. You yeah, know, real like, hot, dude. <laughs> million dollar idea, folks. <laughs> can I get a sandwich? That's all I'm asking. <laughs> You know, get, a, get get something from like Jersey Mike's or like you know right. Subway or something. You know, just something, just something. Is it too hard to ask? You can <laughs> order any food. Can I get a Big Mac, bro? <laughs> oh, we ordered McDonald's from uh, either Uber Eats or Grubhub. Oh yeah, Uber Eats I think has it. Yeah, it was late and we 
were so busy we didn't make dinner. <laughs> and one of the kids were like, you going to feed us? I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, right. We're supposed to do that, right? <laughs> it only costs five bucks. Like, I don't know how they're making money. What do you mean? Oh, you mean the fee? Like they're, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It costs five bucks. And then, I, you know, I tip the guy, you know. And you tip right on the app. And, <laughs> so, um, yes. I was like, wow. <laughs> I'm going to a little slap on the ass for good measure. No. <laughs> Um, and you do a percentage. It gives you three choices or yeah. custom. Fuck that custom shit. And it's like, I think it's uh, 10, 15, or 20%. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. I still have a tip. And it's like, it ends up being a couple bucks. It just depends on, you know, the volume, which you're already. For like, for me, it's more than the tax. So it's kind of like, eh. But if you're ordering. You want to know, know something weird? Hmm. Is when you get a phone call and the caller ID says McDonald's. <laughs> so my wife ordered the food to the app and they, big ups to McDonald's though. They called us and they said, I'm sorry, ma'am. Um, we don't have any more of the drink that you asked. Can I make a substitution? I was like, that was nice. Wow. They haven't done that. From McDonald's. Me. We got that kind of shit. Yeah. That- you know, so food came was hot. Good to go. I was like, this Grubhub shit is, is the business. <laughs> I noticed though, if you, if you order from, like smaller places, that fee a little higher. Yeah, and I don't understand that because they're not doing anything. Yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe, maybe the restaurant has to pay. I'm sure they have to pay something to get set up on it because yeah. they get stickers and shit on their windows. So maybe they, yeah, those stickers don't make themselves. <laughs> right. Well, let's move along to uh, strippers because because that's what America's all about. Right. I wish. Stop with all this fucking political nonsense and start talking about strippers. Two exotic. That's where the dance. real discussion is. <laughs> right. That's where the real meat of the issue is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean for that. Um, two exotic dancers in Nashville, Tennessee, um, found a shocking way to spotlight the strict laws governing their profession. Comparing those these <laughs> comparing those rules with lax regulations for buying assault style weapons in their state this goes right along with uh something we were just discussing i didn't plan that in an obvious (laughs) in an obviously staged video posted on tuesday the dancers known professionally as mary jane watson and miss pepper potts (laughs) a potential continue right (laughs) couch dances for 15 dollars or an AR-15 rifle for $1,100. Uh, the, young man, <laughs> the young man standing in front of the table the the two women set up outside the club where they perform asks if the, if the gun sale is even legal. Watson explains that, yes, yes, it is. We can do a private firearms transfer, she says. Potts <laughs> adds that they, they don't need to see ID or do a background check on the man. Um, you just you just give us eleven hundred in cash and we give you the gun, she says. The customer acts shocked at how easy it is to get the gun, the same type of weapon used in the February fourteenth shooting at the high school in Parkland, Florida. Thanks for really killing the fucking mood. <laughs> um Huffington Post. I don't even know why I look up. I always get it from Huffington Post. Um that's just how loose the privatized gun transfer law is in Tennessee, she said. State law does prohibit a person from knowingly selling a gun to someone prohibited by state or federal law from owning, possessing, or purchasing a firearm. So if you know they're not supposed to have one, 
you you need to, it's they have an honor system for assault rifles in Tennessee. <laughs> um, the man then asks about the couch dance option and Watson and Potts detail the legal hoops they have to jump through to become exotic dancers. First of all, we have to get a background check. Watson says. Then we have to go get our fingerprints done. Potts adds, <laughs> dancers in Tennessee are also required to supply two recent passport photos to the state's sexually orientated business licensing board. What the fuck? And that those words were capitalized, so that's a thing, along with other paperwork, and then wait <laughs> through a two-week background check period. And only then are we deemed safe to give you a fully clothed couch dance, Watson says. <laughs> Watson and Potts don't actually sell the AR-15 in the video, which was made to protest what they are or i'm sorry what they and their employer deja vu showgirls <laughs> deemed to be excessive regulation of their business the video has been viewed on facebook by less than 900 people as of wednesday afternoon but one of those was joe carr a former republican member of the tennessee house who's now running for the state senate he's not happy <laughs> quote all stunts are meant to generate publicity, and I think this is kind of tragic with what happened in Florida. And the, Don't do that. I hate when people do that. It happened in Florida in the school down there and what has happened in a number of schools over the past few years, Carr to told local station WSMV-TV. It should not be minimized by sensational antics by a handful of women in front of a gentleman's club. Yeah, you know I what? It, they, they're taking the imagery instead of the content. Exactly. Yeah. And they're trying to shove the imagery down mm -hmm. everyone's throat so these two stripper chicks are look they look demonized. Yeah. Um, Raw Story notes that Carr promoted his own AR-15 rifle giveaway in <laughs> June 2016, just three weeks after the Pulse nightclub shooting in o Orlando, Florida – in which a gunman killed 49 people. What's up with that? You fucking... Oh, you hell no! Thank you. <laughs> That's some bullshit. I don't even have nothing to say because that fucking sound effect said it. <laughs> Watson said she hopes the video gets people thinking. We could sell the gun to someone who use, uses it for God knows what, and yet we have to go through all of this just to give someone a dance. It's a little insane, Watson told WSMV. Um, the complete video uh, appears below. So definitely follow my link if you want to see that. The thing is. That's clever. The, it is very clever. And the main point of the video is not. There's two points in the video. The point they're making is that they have to go through too many hoops to be strippers. Okay. Right. That's a valid point. But the point they accidentally <laughs> made. Right. Is that anyone can buy an AR-15 in Tennessee. Yeah. Or. Or the other point being, how homo do you have to be if you're going to go with the AR-15 versus a couch dance with I'm gonna tell you Mary like Jane and, and Pepper Potts? I mean, come on. Mary, and they, they ain't bad. <laughs> I'm, I got a little image on this, uh, on this uh, here. On this here. I see Tennessee and it got me fucked <laughs> I got up. I got you all sorts of screwed up with it. <laughs> let me, let me check, click the video real quick. Oh, look, and they're short too. Like their feet don't touch the ground while they sit in the chair. Oh, see. Nice. Let's take a trip to Nashville real quick, just to <laughs> right. support. Exactly. And we'll go to Deja Vu while we're there, you know. Show them our support. We you know. saw your video, and we just want to let you know, fuck that AR-15 <laughs> where I got to throw my money at. Um, 
<laughs> I got invent- I got invited to a strip club the other day, like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Like, hey, we going out to uh, Lay Girls, a place called Lay Girls here. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the two main strip clubs in 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 Phoenix are Lay Girls and Christie's Cabaret. Um, just by the names alone, Christie Cabaret right. would probably be something. Lay Girls is like, mm. oh, girls. we want something kind of French, but um, what do we? Oh, this just do Lay Girls. I mean, I have been, bone. I have been to both of these strip clubs over ten years ago, but I've been to both of them <laughs> over ten minutes ago. <laughs> right. Actually, I just got. I'm recording live from Lay Girl. Um, I'm in a I'm and, in a private room. With the, exactly. I'm in the champagne room. <laughs> Right. Exactly what Steve said is what's happening. But it's not that they're they're one is worse than the other, but they got a different vibe. Yeah. Like when you go to Christie's Cabaret, there it's very bright. Um it's it's bigger. You know, there's fucking most of the girls are blonde right. and white. Most of them. It's it's like walking into the Playboy mansion. But <laughs> circa nineteen seventy something. You know. When you go into Lay Girls. Now, Lay Girls is, is darker. You just walked into Hustler. Right. It's darker and smaller. You can clearly see security. Like, they ain't playing. But them girls, though, if you if you have a more, shall we say, eclectic taste. But they have, like, Lay Girls is the one that has, like, most of the Hispanic chicks, some black chicks. Chicks with tattoos, right. chicks with as long as they got chicks with dicks, I'm all right. <laughs> um, but why did my OneNote just fucking wig out? There we go. <laughs> sometimes the text will just disappear, and then I click on it and it comes back. I'm yeah, like, that happens fuck? to me too sometimes. Um, all right, well, that's it. Uh, support your local stripper <laughs> for only pennies a day, <laughs> <laughs> dude. We should have that commercial. <laughs> Today, you, can, you can help Crystal out. There was a chick in the in the grocery store. This is a long time ago, and I wasn't involved. I watched this happen, and it was great. She was a stripper because she she was she didn't look like a stripper, but she had like a T-shirt on or something that said a strip club on it. And um, she was young and cute, so you know we'll make assumptions. And um, this chick was talking shit. The the girl didn't see. She was like, "Ugh, it's so disgusting." depraved she needs to get a life and blah 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 blah. the lord this and all that um and the dude in the line he's listening doesn't even respond really and he looks at her and he goes what do you do for a living (laughs) and the lady goes i'm a housewife and she and he goes well she's doing more for the community than you (laughs) and i was like (laughs) (laughs) that dude he's still my fucking hero i don't even know who he is let people have their things. That's right. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> That's it for this week, guys and girls. Sorry. And strippers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe let's give a shout out to the male strippers too. Keep it on girls down. Yeah. You know, thank you. And, you know. and the dude that came up with the uh, the, the Islamic uh, group with MILF. Oh, Please. <laughs> you know what the sad thing is? It's an accident. Like if you take <laughs> if you take all the if, – if we could po- take an Islamic hate group or whatever – and take away the violence. Right. They're just a bunch of dumbasses that don't really know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Like they're all fumbling around. The only reason they're dangerous is because they're violent. Right. If they weren't violent, they would be like they're like the KKK without the automatic weapons. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really what it, if it wasn't 
for the um the blowing people up and shit, right. they would just be a joke. Yeah. Like no one would really give a fuck. Right. We're scared of their weapons, not the people. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, well, where was I? You were thanking everybody for this week. Oh yeah. Thank you for listening. We love you. We really do. And it is good to be back. Um after my one episode hiatus. <laughs> Please rate us a million stars anywhere you see it because um, Steve's very sensitive and uh, I don't want him to start breaking down crying. It's a mess. It really is. <sighs> Let's stick to the script. <laughs> you can find you can find old episodes on Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, as well as our website, thelazygeeks.com. We're also on social media, Twitter and Instagram, both under the same name, The Lazy Geeks. So it's easy for you. It's all one word. Um, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and our Google Plus pages. What's our name on the Google Plus page? Uh, the Lazy Geeks. Oh, okay. All right. You know, little ebb and flow to this whole writing thing. I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, any feedback you want to give us, we'll definitely read it and enjoy it and consume it and share it and all that shit. Send it to any of those um, social media areas or to our email, thegeeks at thelazygeeks.com. And you can find me on the internet on Twitter at a middle age geek, Instagram middle age underscore geek. You can also check out my other podcasts. Uh, Adam and I started. Uh, it's not just another po- weekly podcast, um, and that discuss news, politics, social media, and other nonsensical topics, uh, as well as the extended play movie podcast, a podcast for true cinephiles. This week's movie is going to be The Godfather. We are continuing our best picture winners series. I think we have one more after this. And then uh, we start on our new one, and you can catch all of those over at it's not just another blog.com. And you can find me at Twitter at SapienTLG. Also, you can email me at Adam at, I don't know why I do that, Adam at the, the lazygeeks.com. And be sure to tune in on Friday for the return of the away team. We are back with uh, starting season three of Star Trek The Next Generation Evolution. So that is it for us this week. So until next time, peace out. Peace out.